0: Welcome to Bible Chapter Every Day. I'm Matthew. Our chapter today is Acts chapter 19. Let's ask God to bless our time today. Heavenly Father, may we truly live our lives in the name of Jesus. Amen. Acts 19. And it happened that while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the inland regions and came to Ephesus and found some disciples. And he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, But we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, Into what then were you baptized? And they said, Into the baptism of John. And Paul said, John baptized with a baptism of repentance, telling the people that they should believe in the one who was to come after him, that is, in Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they began to speak in tongues and to prophesy. Now the total number of men was about twelve. So he entered into the synagogue and was speaking boldly for three months, discussing and attempting to convince them concerning the kingdom of God. But when some became hardened and were disobedient, reviling the way, before the congregation, he departed from them and took away the disciples, leading discussions every day, in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. And this took place for two years, so that all who lived in Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. And God was performing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or work aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to those who were sick, and their diseases left them, and the evil spirits came out of them. But some itinerant Jewish exorcists, also attempted to pronounce the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. Now, seven sons of a certain Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. But the evil spirit answered and said to them, Jesus I know, and Paul I am acquainted with, but who are you? And the man who had the evil spirit leaped on them, subdued all of them, and prevailed against them, so that they ran away from that house naked and wounded. And this became known to all who lived in Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks. And fear fell upon them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was exalted. And many of those who had believed came, confessing and disclosing their practices. And many of those who practiced magic brought together their books and burned them up in the sight of everyone, And they counted up their value and found it was 50,000 silver coins. In this way, the word of the Lord was growing in power and was prevailing. Now, when these things were completed, Paul resolved in the spirit to go to Jerusalem, passing through Macedonia and Achaia, saying, After I have been there, it is necessary for me to see Rome also. So, after sending two of those who were assisting him, Timothy and Erastus, to Macedonia He himself stayed some time in Asia. Now, there happened at that time no little disturbance concerning the way. For someone named Demetrius, a silversmith who made silver replicas of the temple of Artemis, was bringing no little business to the craftsmen. These he gathered together, and the workers occupied with such things, and said, Men, you know that from this business we get our prosperity, and you see and hear that not only in Ephesus— But in almost all of Asia, this man Paul has persuaded and turned away a large crowd by saying that the gods made by hands are not gods. So not only is there a danger this line of business of ours will come into disrepute, but also the temple of the great goddess Artemis will be regarded as nothing, and she is about to be brought down even from her grandeur, she whom the whole of Asia and the entire world worship. And when they heard this, and became full of rage, they began to shout, saying, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians! And the city was filled with tumult. And with one purpose they rushed into the theater, seizing Gaius and Aristarchus, Macedonians who were traveling companions of Paul. But when Paul wanted to enter into the popular assembly, the disciples would not let him. And even some of the Asiarchs, who were his friends, sent word to him and were urging him not to risk himself by going into the theater. So some were shouting one thing and some another, for the assembly was in confusion, and the majority did not know why they had assembled. And some of the crowd advised Alexander when the Jews put him forward. But Alexander, motioning with his hand, was wanting to defend himself to the popular assembly. But when they recognized that he was a Jew, they were shouting with one voice from all of them for about two hours, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians! And when the city secretary had quieted the crowd, he said, Ephesian men, for who is there among men who does not know that the Ephesian city is honorary temple keeper of the great Artemis, and of her image fallen from heaven? Therefore, because these things are undeniable, it is necessary that you be quiet and do nothing rash. For you have brought these men here who are neither temple robbers nor blasphemers of our goddess. If then Demetrius and the craftsmen who are with him have a complaint against anyone one. The court days are observed, and there are pro Let them bring charges against one another. But if you desire anything further, it will be settled in the lawful assembly. For indeed, we are in danger of being accused of rioting concerning today, since there is no cause in relation to which we will be able to give an account concerning this disorderly gathering. And when he had said these things, he dismissed the assembly. Well, that's our reading. Let's dig in. Paul had said he would return to Ephesus if God wills, and apparently God did will that to happen because Paul gets back to Ephesus now. But it seems he found a different group to meet with initially. They are called disciples, which means followers, but followers of what? When Paul starts asking them about the Holy Spirit, he finds out that they are not very well informed. So he teaches them about Jesus, and then they are baptized in the name of Jesus and receive the Holy Spirit. Luke specifically mentions that they spoke in tongues, or other languages, and prophesied, which is to speak an inspired message from God. Luke told us about people speaking in tongues at the beginning of the church in Acts chapter 2, and then when the first major group of Gentiles, with Cornelius and his family and friends, received the gospel. This time, it is some disciples of John the Baptist, and Luke mentions that they spoke in tongues and prophesied. In each case, it is a sign that God was accepting them. In the first two cases, it was an outward sign. In Acts chapter 2, it was a sign to the Jews who had gathered and heard the apostles preaching. In the case of Cornelius, it was a sign to Peter and the Jews with him that God had accepted the Gentiles. In this case, it seems to be a sign to the ones who received the Holy Spirit, who had just been baptized in the name of Jesus. In this case, the gift came after Paul laid hands on them. Probably that included praying for them. In the first two cases, it came without anyone even requesting the gift. Then it says that Paul preached in the synagogue for three months until some of the Jews became hardened, and then he separated and started preaching to Gentiles, just like he did in other cities previously. In this case, he used the lecture hall of Tyrannus as a place to do his teaching. Luke gives us some examples to understand the extent of the miracles and how the gospel is being preached all the things that were happening. Paul would touch a cloth, and then they would take that cloth to someone who was sick, and they would be healed. Then we have a story that is somewhat humorous about the Jewish exorcists who tried to use the name of Jesus and the name of Paul to cast out a demon. It didn't work out so well for them. Many believers brought the books of magic that they had so prized previously and burned them. The point is that they counted them as less than nothing now. They didn't want to sell them and let someone else trust in those things. Luke mentions Paul's travel intentions, and we will see that they sort of work out, but not quite the way Paul intended. Luke doesn't explain, but we find from some of Paul's letters, like 1st and 2nd Corinthians that are written around this time, that Paul was taking up a collection of money from the Gentile churches and bringing the money to help the poor Christians in Jerusalem. Then Luke gives us a story that helps us understand the effect of Paul's preaching. Demetrius the silversmith becomes worried for his business, selling silver statues of the temple of the goddess Artemis. Usually, Paul is persecuted by Jews who oppose his message about Jesus. The last time we had Gentiles persecuting Paul was in Philippi, when Paul cast out the demon from the slave woman, which cost the owners money. Now again, it is about money that the Gentiles want to persecute Paul. So they gather a mob and shout, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians! for two hours. They tried to find Paul, but only got two men who traveled with Paul. Finally, the city secretary gives a very carefully worded speech to calm things down. The issue is that if the Romans hear about this mob action, they are likely to bring some strong consequences on Ephesus. The Pax Romana or Roman peace, was enforced with a sword. It shouldn't surprise us too much that Paul wanted to go preach to the unruly crowd, and it shouldn't surprise us too much that the disciples wouldn't let him. But interestingly, some important people also sent word to Paul not to go there. So apparently they knew Paul well enough to know that he would want to go speak to the crowd. And now for a deeper dive. As we've mentioned before, Luke is telling us about how Jesus was working, and especially in this chapter, we had the people getting baptized again in the name of the Lord Jesus because they didn't know Jesus when they were first baptized. In verse ten, Luke says, "All who lived in Asia heard the Word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks, generally, in the New Testament, the Lord means Jesus." Then we have the seven sons of Sceva who try to use the name of Jesus like a magic word, and it backfires on them. The point is not that the saying of the name of Jesus is powerful. It is that the authority of Jesus is powerful. Years ago, I heard about something that happened and affected a company I'd worked for. A man came to town and lined up contractors to open a branch office for a major corporation. He leased office space, he lined up contractors to install network cables and computer equipment, bought a laptop, he leased a new Volvo to drive around to his appointments, he leased a new copier, and various other things that he needed for his new office. He did it all in the name of the major corporation. Unfortunately, he hadn't worked for that company in several years, and that company had no intention of opening an office in this city. I know he was arrested, and I assume he ended up in jail, All of the equipment was repossessed because no one was going to pay for it. He was acting in the name of the company, but he didn't have the authority to act for them. It is the same way with Jesus. The name Jesus is not magical, but the authority of Jesus is real. So, if we pray in the name of Jesus, are we asking for the things that we need to do the business of Jesus? Scripture quotations are from the Lexham English Bible. Copyright 2012, Logos Bible Software. Lexham is a registered trademark of Logos Bible Software.